right, breaking news. We just got an update. The Jalapeno Poppers competition is almost over, which means we get the leftovers. I am excited. <laughs> I love Jalapeno Poppers. Okay, and I thought, well, there's 30 competitors, right, doing the and I, 30, really, 30 different Jalapeno Poppers? I mean, how could you make it better? Let me just give you an idea. Because two people just described to us who are a husband and wife team, but they do their own. They actually compete against each other in, in the poppers uh, uh, category. Here's what hers is. Uh, you know, the jalapeno popper, right? You got right. the jalapeno. You got the cream cheese in the middle of it. Some people do other different types of cheeses. And then she wraps it in mac and cheese, hits it with breadcrumbs, and deep fries it again. Delicious. So it's a mac and cheese wrapped, deep fried jalapeno popper. And as soon as you were like, that's intense, he goes, stop the phone here. <laughs> he does, you know what a scotch egg is. That's what t- they take a boiled egg, wrap it in sausage, roll that, and then fry that, and then you've got uh, scotch egg. This is what they call an armadillo egg, which is the jalapeno on the inside with the cream cheese. And in his case, he said he put some other mix of cheeses in there that's secret and he'd have to kill you. But <laughs> then he wraps it, and then he does. He, he wraps it in sausage, rolls it in the breadcrumbs, and then booyah, deep fries it. So those are some of the things we're going to be Ooh. hoping to try here in the next few moments. So the jalapeno popper competition is almost done. It's uh, it's coming down the pipe here, and and uh, that's Hans and Scotty are doing that right now. They're judging the uh, the poppers right now. So we'll have them come on as soon as uh, they have some extra time here. Lloyd Cole, Alex Geary, Michelle Bodkin. We are at the first annual KSL Barbecue Cookoff, brought to you by Barbecue Pit Stop. Come down, and it's a free event right here between the Delta Center and uh, the Triad Center here at KSL. You can come hang out and win yourself some prizes and uh, see what's going on. Enter to win a Sheridan Home and Patio combo, uh, also with a Woodwind Smoker by Camp Chef. So that's a $2,500 package right there you could win. Uh, We're ineligible, of course, because we're employees of the station. Shoot. But here we are. Here we are. This okay. is our patio furniture, a uh, an outdoor uh, remote setup for KSL Sports. All right. That's okay. Um, <laughs> Lloyd, I know that we were talking about maybe jumping in here with a uh, with an interview of some sort, but you you had talked to me about that. And again, we talk about on air uh, producing. Here we are. We're on the flight. We don't. We're not on the air oh, most. Yeah, Jerry Bovey. Jerry Bovey. So you guys. What segment are we at? Did we go back to? Did we go to break? Sorry. I had we, to did go to a, we, we, we did go, go to a family. We did go to a break. Well, okay. we did, but now so now, now we're, we're doing back in a segment. whole new hour now. So here we are. Um, you you set it up for us because I know that was an interview uh, that you guys uh, had earlier this week. And so tell us what it is and what you guys actually heard from this thing. Yeah, so they got into uh, with Jerry Bowie, interim uh, athletic director for Utah State. Uh, you know, obviously talked about there was a big, big decision that was made with, uh, you know, the hiring of a new president, which was uh, went down yesterday. Um, and man, the president, the, the president. To athletic director, to athletic department relationship is so freaking huge at these schools. Right, mm-hmm. it is. Everybody's looking and going, what is this going to look like? Because you have to have a – that's why Taylor Randall's been so good at Utah, right? Mm-hmm. That's why when you have a president down at BYU who's like, I want the football team and the basketball teams to do well. I want the sports teams to excel. That's how we want to put ourselves on the map too. You love that. But there's sometimes not the case. So I'm interested to see what this new right. president is going to be like too. So a new president, by the way, uh, was hired away from, from Arizona, Elizabeth R. Cantwell. Uh, is now the new president of Utah State, hmm. and I mean, granted, this was the, the interview was before this decision was happening, but they, he kind of went into the decision. Uh, he talked a little NIL, you know, that obviously is a big thing for Utah State, and he started off talking about you know this big decision that was going to be happening on Friday. I think so. I think by Friday we'll 
have a good idea of what we're looking at. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's an interesting process when you hire a president. Uh, the Board of Regents makes the final call, but it, it takes a while to get to this last week. But then when you get to the last week, it zooms. Yeah. So they're on campus, three candidates on campus today, going through five different uh, interview processes with different constituencies on campus, including the public. And then tomorrow, I think they kind of get a a sense of what the valley's like. They go around and look at houses and kind of get a feel for for uh, Logan. And then Friday, the board of, the board of regents comes up, meets with the candidates, deliberates, and makes a hire in the afternoon. So and the white it's, smoke it's comes almost out of the like building. This, yeah, will you will you accept this rose? And, yeah. <laughs> So the official announcement then will be beginning of June, right? Uh, they would. So they, it would be announced Friday. They would start July one. July one is the official. Yeah, I, I think that's okay. what their plan was all along. gives gives a month or so to so to put them in place. What does that mean for you then? As we all, because Scotty and I are tired of throwing a little phrase in front of you as no, athletic I'm not director. tired about it at all. Uh, it, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, it'll be up to the president to decide what that process is like, whether they would like to do a, a full-blown search or, you know, it could go a lot of different ways. They could interview and ask a few people, is this, is this the right guy? Um, they could go with a full national search and, and decide that they want to look at the landscape and you know, ultimately, whoever the president is is going to do what they feel is best for Utah State moving forward. And I mean, I'm a little biased, but but I'm ready to to do whatever it takes to go through that process, including if it goes another way to get back to work as the deputy and and do my job. Jerry Bovey joining us right here on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. All right, so a lot to talk about. Uh, it is kind of a off season, so to speak from football and basketball but there's still so much going on right now let's talk a little bit about a basketball hire that you make and it on paper looks like he knocked it out of the park with danny sprinkle but he doesn't return as of right now it looks like zero point production on next year's team and has seemingly built a team on the fly it seems like that's kind of the world we're living in right now yeah i mean the 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 idea that a transfer portal is available to student athletes, I, I think going forward, at least in the near future, you're going to see any coaching change. Um, student athletes are going to jump into the portal to see what that looks like. When Blake came in to take over the football program two years ago, a lot of guys jumped in, and he had to be in the mode of re-recruiting those that were in the program as well as recruiting yeah. from outside to bring them in. So that's the new normal. And it, it's probably hardest for the fan base to get accustomed to because you, you kind of fall in love with your players and you get a, you know, a feel for what it looks like and they're going to see a different team on the, on the court next year. So that's hard. Yeah. Scotty and I were talking about some of the elite names and guys that you see do big things. Ashworth was just incredible and, and an amazing, amazing athlete and did so much for that university. I almost feel like we're getting away from the days of number retirement and legacy. And, you know, where you know, my Uncle Merlin's got his statue that stands above that field because of the years that he put in of service to Utah State. It feels like legacies aren't going to come around very often anymore. In college yeah, I, that's a good point, Hans. And I, I think about that a lot, too, because that's one of the un- unique things about 
collegiate athletics that we've always had, right? I mean, professionally, that was the old days as well. But then free agency came into play and all the different things. You're probably not going to see it at that level either. I mean, there's just two statues out in front of the Delta Center that you may not see at that level anymore. So there's a trend toward that. Um, But I do think that uh, we'll find some... Some normalcy. I, I'm, I've been uh, impressed with Charlie Baker, the new president of the NCAA. He, he is making the rounds right now, and I've heard him speak uh, about his view of the world. And, you know, as a politician coming in, a former governor of New Hampshire, he's going to spend half the year in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, you're going to see some legislation, I think, over the next few years that will at least slow this down. We're already starting to see it. Uh, new new rule now for us that if you take a 4-4 transfer, so a student athlete that's at a four-year institution transferring to you as a four-year institution, you're committed to their education even if they quit the team. So I'm telling our our basketball coaches especially, if you recruit a kid that that's coming or, or a young lady on the women's side, if you recruit a, a four-year tra- or four-year college transfer to us we're committed to them the rest of the way even if they decide i don't want to play anymore which happens a little bit more on the women's side than the men's side uh, we our, our gpas just came out our our department gpa is 3.36 and the women are trending at about three five as a group so they definitely have different goals and aspirations when they come to play but if, a, but if they go to somewhere else, then that's okay. But if they, they just, go to somewhere else, okay. then you're off the hook. But we've also got APR that's still yeah. in play that's been here for 15 years. That rule is not changing. So I'll have coaches say, well, are they going to adjust the APR rule? Because you're held accountable to eligibility and retention with APR. So it seems counterintuitive to be held accountable for retention when we've opened the door and made retention a difficult thing. Well, I, I don't know if I like the term, but dead money that would be racking up a lot of dead money if you're not really careful and you burn the scholarship that you can't replace so it's no. it's going to be subtraction by addition and you may not be able to put a team that you can scholarship on if you don't manage that right mm-hmm. so that alone i think is going to slow the process down it's not slowing the opportunity for the student athlete because the nc is not going to that that ship has sailed but it's going to cause the institution to decide strategically are we are we in the game? to? T- they better be really good and fit our profile or else we might have to pass. You know, you hear, and, and frankly, Stephen Ashworth was pretty open and honest when he came on our show and talked about, you know, I went, talked to Washington and what Washington was offering in terms of NIL and collective was, was significant. And it seems like a lot of coaches, and I, I, I guess I shouldn't say this, there's a lot of collectives that are saying to kids that are in the transfer portal, come here and that's the first conversation is this is available to you um how do you manage that because i know that you don't want to quote use a collective to buy players but you do want to have a collective to support players and and keep them there so how do you manage all of that yeah you i think you said it best right now we're looking at and we have two collectives right now that are in the works to to come about one that i could see a million dollars in in the pool to be used primarily uh, for for men's basketball and football. Uh, as you said, I, I'm not really in, in the mode of, because I just don't think at our level here in Logan, Utah, we can compete with the power fives that are saying, you come here and the, the going rate for uh, a point guard is 200000 or a running back, you know, you're 
I talked to Quinton Ganther about this. The, the pricing at the collegiate level is starting to happen like it is in the in the pro market. You know, Hans, yeah. every position has its own Absolutely. dollar figure, and you're starting to see that trend with the Power Fives, at least. We're not going to be in that situation. That are assigning dollar figures. Yeah, as they come in. So sight unseen, without ever knowing if you're going to fit culturally in the program or whatever, we're going to offer you these dollars. Now... Where we currently stand, there's not many contracts being signed. So there's a lot of unmet promises and dreams, and it's not tied to the institution. We, you know, we're not involved in that. That's an outside group, basically. I mean, I've heard some people say, we're doing legally now what used to be done illegally. You know, that brings up a really interesting scenario because when you watch these kids leave for money, especially being a former college player that played for nothing and, and liked it. You have very little uh, ability to empathize with them when they send out a tweet that says, I was supposed to be paid 300000 and I wasn't. And it's like, all right, delete, unfollow, you're an idiot. Yeah. And here's a 19-year-old kid that got some bad advice, that chased the money, that didn't have the contract, and now is looking for sympathy, and there just isn't going to be any. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I, the, the former team is going to be like, yeah, well, come on back. We love you. And be like, no, just shut the door on it. If, you're, if they're not paying you, too bad. Go jump out to another university then. And yeah, and I think you're seeing a lot of coaches, are, Blake Anderson being one of them, that he felt like uh, his first year he needed to re- re-recruit our own athletes back. So those that had jumped in the portal – just for protection on their side, he, you know, he recruited them. DT, we, yeah. we had some guys come back. Yeah. But he's in a different place now that he's in the system. If you decide you're going to – I mean, we had a donor function the other night, and he was asked the question. He said, well, how do you feel if uh, your your wife decided she wanted to go and, and just play the field and date a little bit? You're going you're gonna to allow that and, and then take her back if she can't find anybody else? You it's know, that's, that's not happening it's not happening here. If if we're going to support them, if they decide to go, we talked about Stephen Ashworth. I, I mean, I can't blame Stephen at all for what he did, and and he's a little bit different. It, he had offers for more money at other places. He was looking for the right fit for him yeah. to achieve his dream of playing in the NBA. Whether or not that happens, that'll play out. But the money was a secondary, and you know he he got a nice deal with a travel budget for his parents and his wife. And that's really cool. And he did put in work for Utah State, too. He did. Yeah. I mean, we can't, you know, there's a lot of animosity right now in the, in the fan base across the country. But I've, I've said in our, in our roadshow donor meetings, who of you here um, makes two, that makes $200,000 a year after a full career of getting to that point? He's, he's going to make that next year. And call, that's life-changing money, at least to get your career started, whether he goes to Europe after, plays in the NBA, yeah. or just goes into business. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's the other thing, too. I mean, I think we all need to take a step back and say, okay, you can talk about loyalty, but if somebody comes in and offers you a $100,000 increase over what you're making, you're going to think long and yeah, hard most, about it. Well, in his case, Two hundred thousand, yeah, yeah, yeah. or two fifty, if you include the all the the bennies. Most people would make the career move, yeah, for that kind of money. Um, you, you, we talked a little bit about this, but kind of go through what it's like when you have to. You've hired coaches before, and you've knocked it out of the park. Uh, you you know you gave Jay Hill the job at Weaver State, um, but this was this was a big one in Danny Sprinkle. What was that process like for you? Yeah, it was it was uh, a great opportunity as an interim for me just to show the folks here at Utah State 
another dimension to what I'm capable of. And I have hired coaches uh, over a 10-year span at Weber State, a lot of coaches yeah. and successful coaches. And you've retained them. And we retained them Which at is a place even that's more hard to do. Yeah. I mean, I, people, people will say, hey, that was a great hire of Jay Hill. Well, you know what? I, I would count keeping Randy Ray for 17 yep. years uh, in that program when he had offers to go to Fresno, Colorado State, Boise, I mean, on and on. Did you hire Jeremiah? I did, yeah. And, and retained him. Yeah, and I know that there were multiple universities coming after him. Yeah, he uh, and look across he, the board, uh, yep. all your hires. I mean, Retain, uh, Mary Kay, Amicone has won how many championships at Weber a State? Lot. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she's won every year since I've left too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's a culture thing, Hans. When you when I mean, if they go, they go, and I get that. But our job is to make it hard because of all the resources and support that they get on a daily basis, and that just takes work and effort and being in the foxhole fighting with him so but back back to danny um the nice if there was a a silver lining in that process uh ryan odom left the day before i was going to the final four where every coach every d1 coach in america is for their meetings so i was able to interview 12 uh candidates um in a two-day period an hour and a half a piece you do the math it was a busy weekend but but i couldn't have done it any any better or quicker have not having that back backdrop so and i met with there was a lot of interest uh we had power five coaches wanting this job uh power five assistant coaches at big time universities interested in the job so it was more finding the right fit for what what we felt utah state needed at this time yeah keeping somebody in logan you, you can keep them in ogden Find somebody you can keep here That's, in Logan. You, you want, I mean, they have to understand our dynamic, the culture of Logan, Utah, the culture of of Utah generally. I mean, how the mission program works, um, the importance of recruiting local kids. I mean, we want to get the best local local kids that we can attract to Utah State. That has to be the base of where we start, and then we go find from there so he he clicked all those boxes when you're hiring somebody though obviously you want to find the best guy that can win and win at a high level that's number one but you're also getting a lot of people that are going to say okay you know look i've been doing play-by-play this will be my seventh year doing play-by-play this will be my fourth basketball coach um so is that part of your process too of like not only do i want to find the best guy but also a guy that might stick around a little bit or can you not concern yourself with that yeah i think that one takes care of itself hopefully if you've done the right thing if if you've made a priority in your in your hiring matrix yeah. um and what's important the sticking around part will be part of that you know naturally so for me it was um first of all i don't want to work with anybody that i can't stand yeah i mean it sounds simple but sometimes we hire a name knowing that they're going to come with baggage but we do it because they've had success well for our department culturally we're not going to do that we want to we want a coach that's also going to support i mean blake anderson shows up to every other sports events to support his fellow coaches and that's important how how often are you interacting with a coach just to the point that you just made that you wanted to be somebody that you can like and stand yeah how often are you in the last two weeks i've probably talked to blake and danny six eight times and texted every day every day yeah so there's interaction daily daily uh did you ever have to make a fire at weaver state i did Uh, yeah what is that process like as an athletic director how how difficult is that and did did you always have the support to 
to make the move, or did sometimes you just had to make the decision to make the move? The support from the administration. Yes. I always had the support of the administration. We were aligned and talking. I mean, there were no surprises on that. Now, I'll tell you, my process is, and some and some athletics directors aren't like this. I'll have people say, why would you play golf with your basketball coach? Randy Ray and I played golf. He liked to golf more than I did, but... Um, it was important for a relationship because you're captured for four hours and you can have some hard conversations in a golf cart. But we we would get together and do that every couple of weeks. And I've had some AD say, "Why would you do that if you have to fire him at some point? You got to keep you got to keep your distance." I don't operate that way. I'm all in because in most cases they were my choice for one. So I want them to succeed to prove it's like a self fulfilling prophecy in a way. I wanted them to succeed, but also I want them to know that. As long as we're aligned and we're in the rowboat together rowing, we're going. If you blow a hole in your rowboat now, I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to stay while it sinks with you. And and so we are clear on an annual basis on where the deficiencies are and where we need to make improvement and where, you know, the positive things are. So going into the last year of a contract, as I have with a few coaches, it was clear. Look, these are the metrics that we need to hit. I hate this whole how many games do I have to win because it's got to be more. It's got to be are we making progress with the kind of kids we're bringing in and the experience they're having on the team and all of those things. Um, But we would have those discussions so that when we get to the end of the year, if we didn't see the progress, then it was it was like there's no there's no surprises. Only one time in my career did I have to actually just say it right to their face because they weren't getting it. But outside of that. It wasn't a surprise because we had talked about it. And, yeah. you know, you hear leaders say, I do a once-a-year evaluation. Well, that's a faulty way to go. You should be evaluating every day. Hmm. If you're doing that right, then there's not going to be a surprise at the end. They don't like the message because they're confident people, but they understand, you know, I didn't do my yeah. part. Um, is there a plan in place if slash when San Diego State jumps to another conference? Yes. Uh, the plan is, and it's not about San Diego State per se. It's it's about if if we lose only one institution, yeah. we're standing pat. If we lose two or more, then there's a plan to to backfill that. And there are institutions on the board that we're ready to ask. You know, this is an interesting climate right now because it should be kind of calm until 2028 when yeah. other things <laughs> will happen and I think a bigger shift. But because the Pac-12 has not yet solidified a TV deal, there's a lot of nervous folks. I think there might even be some folks down in Salt Lake right now that are getting a little jumpy. Just I'm just saying I don't, I don't know that. But our meetings in Phoenix last week were right next to the Pac-12. And our meetings with our coaches – uh, with the Mountain West Conference seemed to be a little less stressful than what was going on next door. Have you heard of scenarios if if there was a big jumping of the ship and lost Washington and Oregon to one conference and lost the four corner schools to another conference? Have you heard anything about the Pac-12 then absorbing multiple teams and maybe Utah State eventually being a Pac-12 team? Or the yeah. other way around. Yeah, I I think... Um, yes, we that conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, and at that point, it's where do you get better value? I mean, is is it better to jump into a conference that potentially could be imploding, or is it better to stand, stay, stay with the group that you're solidified with and invite a couple others? to join you so it's really going to be um because then it just going to be down to logos it comes down to logos yeah. and you know and dollars uh, i mean I, yeah the pac-12 tv deal 
would change dramatically if, if, for instance, a deal comes out in the next couple days or next couple weeks and it's a fairly good deal but it still causes others to jump well that deal is going to change i mean that those those television networks aren't dumb and they they can value quickly where what that would change so you know are you better off to stand with those you've been fighting with over the last 10 15 years or are you better to jump i i think it's better to stay with what you know and see if we can increase the value and bring strategically others in do you feel like the conference i mean obviously if san diego state gets asked we you know or you know individually but as a whole do you feel like there's a lot of unity inside the conference in the mount west conference yeah. absolutely yeah i i mean we're meeting since covid they were meeting weekly and we haven't stopped that so I think the relationships and the strength of that network within the Mountain West has only gotten stronger. Um, all right, so it might be different from a Mountain West perspective or maybe a Power Five, but what would you value more as in a TV deal? Uh, revenue or, let's okay, let's just say Apple TV came to the Mountain West and said, we're going to up you, you know, you know, X amount of million dollars more a year per team, but all your games are going to be on stream. You're not going to have any network. Or is that a problem for you? Or you're like, wow, the money's good. Let's take the money. Um, or would you rather have that network TV availability or ESPN and maybe take less money? Is there a balance for yeah, you on that's that? That's a good question. Personally, I think for Utah State, um, because athletics at Utah State is part of the mission. You know, I, you hear the front porch conversation i don't know that at utah state athletics is the front porch but it's an important room in the house yeah our job is to help open the doors to an r1 institution that has so much to offer so i value the national coverage as much i mean if the dollars were dramatically better yeah how can you not do that because that helps your student athlete experience and everything else get better but in the end it's got to be a lot better or i would like the network uh because the network package because you get more eyeballs to uh, open the door to the other amazing things that Utah State has to offer. So you get through spring. I mean, we're not too far away from fall camp. How should go. Utah State fans be feeling about uh, the product they're going to see? Yeah, we've been going around the state and kind of taking our little road show around. started in St. George, and we finished tonight in, in Brigham City. Um, and Blake's been going with us and, and talking about because he's he's trying to help people understand what they're going to look at. Yeah. We lost we lost 30, 31 kids to the portal, so a third of your team. Now, not all of those. Some of those kids jumped into the portal because they were they want to play. They're yeah. walk-ons yeah. or preferred walk-ons or whatever. Uh, I think you're going to see an offense that's pretty high-powered. Uh, receivers, our receiving core might be better from top to bottom than we were two years ago when we won the league. Now, we don't have a Devin Tompkins yeah. <laughs> on this team, but, but we've got a lot of good kids that can catch the ball. So offensively, I think you're going to see uh, see us running up and down the field. Defensively, still remains to be seen, uh, based on all the new bodies and a new defensive coordinator yeah. that has a slightly different view on how defense is supposed to be played. So, you know, I, who knows right now? It. I think it's getting harder for you all in the media when you have to pick oh, at yeah. the preseason what teams are going to look like. It's impossible. There's no way to do yeah. it based well, on the turnover well as soon as this is over i'm heading over to blake's office and recording names for the top 60 and 60 that we've done for nine years now and 
And it's nearly impossible to do this year because there's so many new players that we don't know that are from other schools. It seems like, you know, every day somebody adds a new player to the roster that we're like, well, shoot, we had our list, but maybe this guy needs to be on it. Like, it, we've never seen anything like what, what what's going on out right of, now. Out of the 60 players this year, I think it's going to be 18 to 20, 18 to 20 that are going to be transfers out yeah, of the 60 it's that we're throwing. almost like you're a fantasy league owner exactly. trying to decide yep. which team do yep. I want to take based on statistics coming in. But that that has no bearing on the team unity and gelling as a unit. As you know, Hans, that's, to me, yeah. that's the magic sauce. You can have a lot of great individual athletes, but if they can't come together and gel as a unit, then they're just great individual athletes. Would there ever be a day where you can insist on a, okay, we'll guarantee your scholarship, but we want to guarantee you're going to be here four years? We may is get it, to that. I mean, you're seeing, is it possible? You're seeing some places that are was doing that. that Gabo? More. Who was it that, that – uh, no, it was, it was the guy from I'm a man, I'm 40, uh, Gundy at uh, Oklahoma State. Oh. Uh, he's the one that said, you know what, let's do a thing where, you know what, we'll – you know, we'll give you, we'll guarantee you two years of your scholarship or four years of your scholarship, but you're going to be here for all of those years. I don't know how that's going to fly. What I do think you could see is collective saying, we're going to give you X amount of dollars, but if you leave before this date, you you got to pay a percentage yeah. of it back. You're almost going to see players signing contracts like coaches do with buyouts, and that'll be interesting because it'll be. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if legally how that works. I mean, it's hard enough for us to work with institutions to get buyouts paid. Yeah. I, I don't know how that'll fly with student athletes, but I, you're starting to hear that talk that a collective would say, "We're going to give you two hundred thousand dollars, but if you leave before two years, you owe us half back." Well, let's see how that how that goes. Mm-hmm. All right. There you go, Jerry Bovey on with me and hands earlier in the week. Thanks for making us part of your beautiful Saturday, Scott Gerard Lloyd Cole. Oh, how great is this? I think we need to turn the mic up a little. That, that picture that you uh, that sent out with all those ribeyes, ribeye steaks, phenomenal. And by the way, they loaded that table up three times. <laughs> They're cooking up probably three to four grand worth of steaks today. And you can smell it just wafting over here right where we're at. It's amazing. Honestly, we've done some cool things. We've been a part of some cool things. This might be the coolest thing we've, we've, we've been a part of. And, and I've, been, I've been at different places and, you know, different ownership groups and different managers. And I thought it'd always be cool to do a barbecue competition. And uh, – when uh, the guys from Barbecue Pit Stop and, and I, we kind of pitched this idea, and Bonneville said, let's go. And the thing is, Bonneville, they don't mess around when they put on Not a, one bit. When they put I mean, on an event. It is. They, they go full, go all out on it. I mean, like I said, you come by, you get yourself some of those fat boy ice creams that we all, we're always talking about. You got the bounce houses for the kids. My, my boys just got done doing some face painting. Like, it is, I mean, they got cornhole, you pop a shot. Uh, you know, candy, popcorn, you name it. Like it's like it is. It is a phenomenal event, and it's going to be going and on. Music. Uh, yeah, we. It's going to be going on all throughout the day today. Uh, the big competition really kicks off with the steaks around four. And, and the thing is, like, if you ever wanted to barbecue or if you ever wanted to get into cooking, we have got a line of these guys. We've got about forty competitors in the steak competition, and they all have their big trailers. Have you walked? Over there, I'm going to after I as soon as we get done, I'll, I'll walk out. you over there. Yes. And and you go walking through all these guys competing with their trailers and and their barbecues and their grills and stuff like that. 
and you immediately become family. Yeah. Like, they see you, and they're like, come on over and try this, try this. I'm working on this. How about this rub and stuff like that? It is a really family-like event. It's like, really cool. I consider myself – I mean, I'm still a very much obviously a novice. Like, I'm just barely scratching the surface of what the what the smoker can do. But I'm talking about going over there afterwards and, and – picking some brains and be like, hey, what do you do on something like this? Because I'm sure these guys will be more than willing to, to give you some tips on, on, on exactly how they oh, cook. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the steaks that they're going to be cooking, I mean, I sent a picture out of all these ribeyes. That marbling. And crazy marbling. Yeah. And they're going to get these, you know, crisscross grill marks just perfectly symmetrical. Like, the, the amount of work and effort that goes into us is just, it's unbelievable. And, like, these guys are competing for thousands of dollars i mean this is a huge competition with a lot of prize money and uh so yeah this is going to be a fun event and uh it's going to go throughout the day today uh we got one more segment coming up and then we'll wrap up here but i'm telling you what this is just i want to know about the wing stuff when you come back you got to tell me a little bit about wings we gotta we gotta talk about so i judge i taste some of those we need to talk about i judged some of the wings and i judged uh some of the jalapeno poppers like honestly how do i get that job (laughs) yeah i know i kind of i kind of bogarted that um but, like, look at that popper. Oh, my. It looks so good. Jessica, look at that thing. So, like, in there somewhere is a jalapeno and stuffed in cream cheese and sausage. On the It's wrapped in bacon. And then outside of that is some pulled pork and some brisket. And all of that is wrapped in a melted cheese shell around it. That, as I described, as I, I haven't tasted it, but it looks like just a giant they had three, party. They had like three defibrillators in there, too. And it's like clear. <laughs> but like one guy wrapped a popper in a puff pastry. That was incredible. I mean, there's all kinds of these. And you had one, what, with uh, mac and cheese? I did not try the mac and cheese. I tried that one that had the dry, uh, as far as the uh, the ri- um, the wings. Yeah. I tried the wings that had the, that dry rub that had a little spice to it, a little tank. That one was a phenomenal wing, by the way. That yeah. wing was delicious. They had some that had a little bit sweeter sauces. They were phenomenal. Yeah, excellent. Come on down here. We're at the Triad Center. Hans and Scotty, uh, all kinds of great stuff. The face painters, the prizes, Fat Boy ice cream. And you come by, and you'll have a chance to win a Camp Chef Smoker and the Sheridan Home and Patio. Grand prize winner uh, is going to pick that up. They got the Woodwind Smoker, seven-piece Sheridan Home and Patio setup. And, by the way, you add up all that value, that's over $2,200 we're going to be giving away later today. All right, Lloyd Cole, Scott Gerard, we'll wrap this show up next, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, welcome on back. It's going to say Hans and Scotty, Lloyd and Scotty. Doesn't feel right, does it? Feels no, weird. It feels better. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Better. We miss our guy. We do miss we, our we, guy. We miss our I, guy. I wish, I wish my he guy. He was here earlier. He, he, had a, he had a blast at the jalapeno thing. And of then, course no, he did. I mean at the wings. And then uh, he had to bolt before the jalapenos. I wish he would have been around for the jalapenos. Oh, he did. Well, you no, he didn't do that. Oh, only the wings. Yeah, only the wings. How the wing taste? Like, I, like Alex was telling me that they were telling you ex- how you're supposed to. Oh yeah, taste it and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like picturing hands trying to actually taste, almost like wine t- uh, tasting. It is, but like I'm like, hands is hands is just gonna rip that wing right off. Like he's just no, gonna no, no. He eat was, it. He was very metic- metic- uh, particular about it. Like we want, we took this thing very seriously. Good. So it's like one bite because they're like you can't get full at the end. So you, you don't right. eat all the wings. Just take a little bite it's out of it. It's not a contest. It's not, it's not wing bowl. No, this isn't wing bowl. <laughs> you just eat a little bit, and then you judge it. 
And then, and you can't, they're like, here's, they give you some saltine crackers to eat in between bites and stuff like that. So it would cleanse the palate. And uh, yeah, man, they don't mess around in there. It's, it's serious stuff. That sounds like, you know, I want to try that. And we can't do the steaks because you have to go to like a bunch of classes to get certified to judge steaks. Really? So we weren't, we weren't allowed to judge steaks. Well, couldn't you be like a, I don't know, an unofficial judge where your judge doesn't, you're not really judging, you're just tasting? They did say they're bringing out, when the steaks are going, they're going to bring out a bunch out here for us. So Good. I'll be sticking around for that. I'll be here for that. (laughs) Hey, uh, big thanks to everyone who helped out today. Uh, Michelle anchoring things. Uh, Alex Carey for stopping by. Jake Scott stopping by. Uh, Lloyd, you being a big part of this as well. I anticipated doing more, but then I got stuck eating food, so I apologize. Right, for that. right, yeah, sure. Uh huh. That's that's yeah, my I got bad. you. Hey, that's what we do. We pick up, we pick up uh, as Whittingham says. We pick up the rifle. Next man up. Yes, next man up. Next man up. Uh, but look, if you're driving around Salt Lake, if you're in the area, come on by. It's just outside the Triad Center. You'll hear the music. You'll smell the steaks. You smell all the cooking. Come on down. Hang out with us. We'll be here the rest of the day. That wraps up on air, though. But we got all the radio stations down here, the TV stations. We are having a blast here at the first-ever KSL uh, barbecue cookout outside the Triad Center. Big thanks to Dallin, too, for making it go. Absolutely. Joey, Dallin. I mean, Dallin, they all knocked it out of the park. It's unreal, the setup's man. unbelievable. It really the is. The power it's, of Bonneville yes. is, is in full force right here. Yeah, it's, it's super It's incredible. on display. Come down, hang out. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.